0: Thank you for tuning in to This Week Explained, the intelligence-based geopolitical podcast that keeps you informed about the world around you. We are grateful for your support and appreciate you being a part of our community of informed listeners. We would love for you to share This Week Explained with your friends, family, and colleagues. Together, we can make a difference by sharing knowledge and fostering meaningful conversations. So, what are you waiting for? Help us grow our community by sharing This Week Explained with your loved ones.
1: Now listening to This Week Explained.
0: Hello, and welcome to This Week Explained, the independent geopolitical podcast that tackles all the major global events. We're so glad that you're here as we bring you all the insights and analysis on what's happening around the world. As always, I'm Tiana, with Kervin as my co-host, and together, we'll help you understand the complexities of our dynamic, ever-changing world. And first, we would like to shout out a new friend, Allie. She sent us a lovely little message on Spotify confirming her husband what her husband said, who, in case you guys are wondering, he's our friend from Canada, Caleb.
1: Canadian Caleb.
0: Canadian Caleb and Miss Canadian Allie.
1: Miss Canadian. Miss Canadian.
0: Miss Canadia. I didn't mean to say Canadia. Well, (laughs) Caleb,
1: I just want to know, I got a question for you. How? How is it possible that you got your wife to listen to a podcast that you listen to? <laughs> because That's, I struggle yeah. with that every day.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't listen to any of his podcasts. Actually, I don't really listen to podcasts at all. Honestly, whoops.
1: Except I mean, for I Serial. Listen to- you listen to the one Serial oh, it, podcast.
0: Yeah, that one. And then there was this one podcast. Uh, what? Other, there was what the uh, Hamish? What the hell's wrong? Yeah, what the hell's wrong with Hamish? And then there was another one about the Black Dahlia, like a family.
1: Oh yeah. That and one was really Valley. good.
0: That one was wild. But anyways, those those are it. It's very sporadic <laughs> for me. Yeah. And then I listen to ours occasionally. But anyways, Allie, thank you so true. much for your sweet message through Spotify. We really appreciate it. And we will continue to shout out our listeners on here because Every week. We're just so great we're just so grateful. And it makes us happy to see messages and it makes us happy that people are listening and giving us a shot. We don't always get it right, but we're trying here. <laughs>
1: and we're also not saying that we should be the only thing that you listen to to get your uh, your news or geopolitical information. We're saying uh, I think we should be one of the sources, and then you should of listen to other do. sources. Well, yeah, I'm a little bit, <laughs> a tiny little tiny
0: bit biased. Hey, that's okay. That's okay. Well, anyways, um, thank you again, Allie for giving us a listen. And thank you, Caleb, for influencing her. Yes. <laughs> to do so. I, I, I need we, we need more women listening because we have a lot of men and, and there's girl no problem power, with that. but I want more. I want more, more girls. Girl power. <laughs> I want more girl power.
1: And <laughs> honestly, you know, you know, I do too. Uh, I think that maybe contrary to what a lot of people believe, um, if it's anything like our household, we kind of like me as a guy leans on Tiana a lot for the for the household and to you know um, tell me what's going on a lot of times because I'm so focused in on one thing and it's what we talk about on the podcast
0: and yeah and it's geopolitics
1: yeah it's my I just I all day every day and and so Tiana gets to update me on the other important things that go on so I really appreciate that and and I think that's a lot of households that happens
0: so anyways more girl power thank you for joining the club ali we appreciate you let's move on
1: well can we since you said influence in- um
0: what can we
1: talk about the military influencers conference we
0: can do that at the end okay. let's get to it that's not what people are here for okay right. right let's get to what's on the agenda
1: yeah right, so russia ukraine obviously we will do that we'll do israel hamas uh, those are two conflicts that are raging in the world today the two big ones Uh, Also, Yemen has jumped in to the Middle East conflict.
0: Hey! Yep.
1: Welcome, Yemen and the Houthis to the conflict.
0: Oh, dang. Uh,
1: With that, Germany has now warned all of Europe that a war is coming for Europe. We'll get into (sighs) that. Uh, Oh, did you think we were done talking about conflicts? No. (laughs) There's a looming conflict in Mali. There's some internal strife that's going on in that country. And that's going to transition very well into how Russia is expanding their presence in Africa, even though Prigozhin has died and the Wagner group, we thought, is in shambles. No, they've actually expanded in Africa. Hmm. Now, from conflicts to, hey, maybe can we prevent a conflict? Uh, pre- US President Joe Biden and Chinese leader Xi Jinping are set to meet or they have a meeting. Um, set up in San Francisco huh. later this month. We'll see if that ever happens. And at the end, so uh, the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security has warned of a future Hamas-style terror attack. We're going to get into that and um, and some tips on what to do to maybe uh, not. I know last week we talked about protecting yourself during a terrorist attack, um, but but this week we're going to go through the ramifications of what that means if a terrorist attack happens and where we could see those terrorist attacks happen.
0: Is D.C. one of the places?
1: (laughs) I don't want to spoil it for anybody.
0: (laughs) Spoiler alert. Well, let's jump right in with an update on Russia's war in Ukraine.
1: So besides Russia dealing with the consequences of that special military operation in Ukraine, um, Russian officials this week have had to suppress anti-Semitic riots uh, so this is involving their law enforcement, not the military. So they haven't had to pull any resources from Ukraine. Uh, but this was actually in Dagestan. Uh, it's a republic in Russia's far south, and it's a, um, it, it's a majority Muslim population in Dagestan. And what they saw was hundreds of Russians swarm the airport because an aircraft was flying in from Tel Aviv, Israel, uh the, the situation at the time was very tense. You think of hundreds, maybe even thousands of people going to an airport to storm it, that can get pretty crazy. Now, uh President Putin, Russian President Putin accused Ukraine of influencing these riots, uh because Ukraine is the blame for everything that right. happens in Russia. But, uh, but it does reflect a concerning trend of radicalization, and that's fueled by their hyper-nationalist ideologies within Russia. So now we have these sects that are even more um, nationalist, and, and so now they're going out and doing these things. Um, so look, these, these ideologies are uh, honestly, they're contributing to all of these inter-ethnic tensions. And this is worldwide. We're seeing it all over the place. Yeah, you know, Cornell shut down. Today They're not having classes because a student was making anti-Semitic, or they said they were going to attack Jews on Cornell. And so this is disturbing. Uh, I don't think it, I don't like it. I don't think anybody should.
0: Right. Okay. So how are the military operations progressing in Ukraine?
1: Right. So let's talk about Ukraine first. Uh, Ukraine's still making advances near Bakhmut and in Zaporizhia. Uh, at the same time, Russian forces are actually starting to face challenges. They're using their Storm Z units as their frontal assaults. So that's one of their more specialized units. And they're getting a lot of pushback from Ukraine. Uh, Russia also conducted missile and drone strikes against Ukraine. Uh, And they started to use a new, uh, what they call smart glide bomb. And this to me indicates that there's an escalation in the conflict's intensity, even though we're in those months that I thought it would calm down.
0: Well, what can you tell us about these new glide bombs?
1: Yeah, there's, there's a few of them in play. Uh, but the one that Ukraine is most worried about, um, it's the, the FAB-1500. It's a high-explosive, high-capacity aircraft bomb. FAB, F-A-B, stands for Fugusnaya Avia Bomba which just Mm -hmm. means aerial demolition bomb in Russian. Um, Included in the payload, they have a laser and a satellite guidance system, uh, which increases the accuracy of their strikes. Now, most people consider this as a bunker buster bomb, something that can be fired off. It penetrates through a bunker and then explodes to destroy anything in the bunker. Uh, Russia says, if you believe what Russia puts out, Uh, That Those bombs can destroy bunkers that are 66 feet underground. I believe that's 30 meters if we're not looking at George Washington's plan for America to use a different system. (laughs) I don't know if people are going (laughs) to get that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad you clarified that it was from a skit from snl about about george washington okay
1: a few of our listeners will get that because i know them and they Uh, watch it yeah um it can also blast through three i'll use meters this time it'll blast through uh three meters of reinforced concrete
0: that's wild did you happen to also see the story about how North Korea is sending munitions uh, to Russia yeah. and they have all of their factories working at full capacity in order to meet the demands of Russia's ammunitions.
1: Yeah, I have a in I have that, a post ready for that.
0: Okay. And yeah, and then they they're saying in return Russia's going to help with the satellite.
1: Yep. So you want to get into that just a little bit? Um
0: well I mean we, we have a little to, bit of time. We need to.
1: Yeah, so um, so North Korea has sent enough munitions to keep Russia active in the war for the next, I believe they said two months. Um, but like you just mentioned, North Korea has all their factories on 24-7 and they are forcing, I will say, some would say hiring. I'm going to say forcing. Right. More and more citizens to be involved in those factories. And so there's going to be more coming to Russia, and like you said in in response to that, Russia has agreed to help them launch their spy satellites. Remember, two of them failed, and north north <laughs> in Korea's <a>
0: spectacular fashion <laughs>
1: spectacular failure uh, this is all coming from South Korea's intelligence agency okay, and South Korea said that uh, North Korea should be ready to launch a new spy satellite within the next few months.
0: Uh, okay well. Thank you for that update. And also keep an eye out on the Instagram page because, like he said, he does have a post ready for it. Well, while the conflict in Eastern Europe is still raging on, let's discuss the other large-scale conflict that is currently happening right now in Gaza. This one being obviously between Israel and Hamas. Let's let's, start.
1: Let's stick with that. You know, Israel, Hamas. You know, yeah. we're, not, we're not talking about Israel versus Ga- Gazans or Palestinians. OK, it, yeah. So the, the a, IDF, Israeli Defense Force versus Hamas, who yeah. I consider a terrorist organization.
0: Right. So let's start with just an update on where the two sides stand and then get into the future implications of the war
1: yeah so we'll start um with the is uh, israeli defense forces they said that its soldiers had killed uh, dozens of terrorists who barricaded themselves in buildings and tunnels uh they said that the those hamas terrorists attempted to attack troops and that's why they uh, went ahead and killed them the the idf also said it's continued to strike hundreds of hamas targets from the air let's let's flip side that Hamas says from their PR department that Israel is indiscriminately attacking civilian locations. Uh, The IDF said that in one attack, an aircraft was guided by forces on the ground. It struck a building with over 20 Hamas terrorist operatives inside. Hamas says they were not in there, um, and it was actually civilians. So let's flip it again. Hamas released footage of some of the hostages that are still in their possession. Uh, One of the hostages asked that Israel release Palestinian prisoners in exchange for them, the hostages, to be released as well. Mm -hmm. Israel's Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, rejected the plan for release. He also rejected calls for a ceasefire, saying uh, that that call for the ceasefire was actually a call for Israel to surrender to Hamas. Now, the, the Israeli military right now has massed tens of thousands of soldiers along Gaza's perimeter fence. Um, and that's with tanks and artillery. So that ground offensive, they're, it's, it's very fluid right now. Yeah. In flux. In flux. Because Israel wants to perform the offensive. But all of their allies are asking them to stall it so that they can get civilians out of there before they start the offensive.
0: Which will be carried out for what purpose?
1: It's the war. That's that's a a long extended war. Benjamin Netanyahu says it is for the annihilation of Hamas as a terrorist organization.
0: And not Palestinians.
1: He has not said Palestinians. Now, pro-Palestinian people will... will obviously, they do not like Benjamin Netanyahu. Right. Um, there's a lot of people that don't like Benjamin Netanyahu. Right. But they say that he actually is trying to eradicate all of Palestine. Um now you have to take people you by their words and then see their actions right now. Mm-hmm. Benjamin Netanyahu says he wants to eradicate Hamas, not Palestine.
0: Right. And we'll see he's where that not goes. trying to push out Palestinians so that um they can take over, right? Right. Not as
1: far people- as
0: as far as, I mean, we don't know, we can't say one way or the other, but as of right now, that's not the plan.
1: That's that's not the plan. Listen.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it's Israel, such a hot
0: button issue. Yeah. Is
1: and so and we were just talking about this, right? Yeah. That Israel actually um, provides electricity, water, all the, the typical resources and infrastructure for Gaza. Hamas does not provide anything.
0: They're just the government. a government. They're just a the right. government.
1: And, um, and something I didn't think we would talk about, but you kind of brought up to me that, hey, we kind of need to touch on this. The lead PR guy for Hamas stated that okay, Hamas has 3,000 miles of tunnels mm-hmm. through Gaza um, and, or through all of Palestine. Some of those go into Israel, underground tunnels. And so some people have asked Hamas to allow citizens into the tunnels within Gaza, and the and Hamas has said that those tunnels are not for civilians, they're only for Hamas. He also went as far to say that um Hamas is not there to protect civilians. They are there he to really protect said themselves. That? Yeah.
0: Oh So Hamas is not an organization geez.
1: there to protect Palestinians. They're there for Hamas. Um I mean obviously
0: was, you can see by their behavior. I mean right. you and, can see and we the, also, them hiding behind their civilians
1: human shields uh right. we, we know this for a fact that doesn't make it right for israel to just bomb those civilian sites right indiscriminately. Of course
0: not right
1: but um but but also i'm just trying to get everybody's head into how hamas sees this they want the eradication of israel and and some people that i respect very much say that they're there to just get rid of israel so that palestine can have its own state that's false I want to tell those people that that's false. They, they want to erect, because they say they're not there to eradicate Jews from the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so their charter that they wrote in 1988, Hamas's mm-hmm. charter said they are there for the eradication of the Jews. Specifically. Now, specifically. <laughs> now sure. in 2017, they just changed the word Jews to Zionists. Okay. But if you understand language and vocabulary, zionist is interchangeable with judaism and christianity
0: but i've seen a lot of articles saying that's not the case
1: well do you believe their charter and what they say as a government they want to do are you talking about the zionism
0: the zion the part about zionism
1: oh zionism is definitely an anti-semitic trope for judaism
0: okay okay
1: the people well, that will say, oh, that's not true, that's not true, you're playing, you're playing word games. Okay. Um, also within the charter, it says that Hamas is ready to allow all religions to, to peacefully observe their religion within Palestine. The caveat to that is the next sentence says, but they have to understand that Islam is the one true religion, Allah is the one true God, and you have to abide by the laws of Islam but so, you can
0: but you can still you can still your own practice religion?
1: your religion
0: as long as you acknowledge
1: as long as you abide by the Muslims. laws of Islam Islam
0: ayo ayo okay so, well so
1: that's that's where we're at um
0: I'm glad you gave more details
1: I think a lot of people are going to push back against me about Zionism but right. that has become a a term even in the west now for um a lot of people who are pro palestine or um Yeah,
0: I've seen it thrown around a lot recently.
1: Yeah. Zionism, so Zion is 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 a word that's used heavily within Islam, within uh within Judaism and obviously in Christianity. And so Zionists are Jews and Christians. And that's how they view that. And So and,
0: they're both in in that group. Yes. Okay. So, but okay.
1: The, the main factor is and Iran, right? We've talked about this all the time. This is what Iran talks about. What are you, what's your ultimate goal for the Middle East? The eradication of the Jews. They don't say Israel. And mm-hmm. to kind of delineate, oh, well, this is Israel. It isn't Judaism. That's, that's just, I can't get behind that because that's what they say. As somebody who went at DLI, I had to go through a lot of Arabic, a lot of, uh, uh,
0: cultural classes, cultural and historical classes. classes. Yeah. And, and we watched a
1: lot of news in Arabic. Al Jazeera. Al Jazeera, which is a moderate. It's not an extremist news site. It's very moderate. So right. we were watching Al Jazeera one time and an earthquake happened in Egypt and they had an Egyptian official come on and talk about what happened in Egypt because it was a devastation. Obviously, it's an earthquake. And what he said was, that it was actually the Jews that had conspired together to create the earthquake that created the destruction in Egypt. So that is the mindset of some officials. We're talking about government officials within the mm-hmm. Arab world. Whew, lot, well, and it's all nuanced and I can't, we just don't have enough time to get to Yeah, anything.
0: that'd be a whole other episode. Well... Obviously, since the ceasefire seems to be a bit of a pipe dream right now, has there been any updates to opening up that corridor into Egypt for Palestinians looking to flee the horrors of this abominable war?
1: Yeah, they they did open the uh, Rafah border, but it's only for a list of foreign passport holders. This included just seven American non governmental organization members ngo members and there are thousands of americans they allowed seven there. through yep and and that list is changing every day okay and more and more people can get through you just can't have a hundred thousand people rush through a border it's just not feasible
0: that would also be a prime spot for someone to attack it perhaps yeah obviously right
1: um And and what we don't know is how many Palestinians are going to be allowed to cross the border for humanitarian reasons.
0: Well, why is Egypt, an Arab country, so reluctant to take in Palestinians? That seems like a no-brainer. I mean, let people come in, and then once a ceasefire peace agreement is finalized, they can return home, kind of like what we do for—I mean, it's not the same thing, obviously, comparing a weather event to a war, but other— um like states would open their open their um homes and stuff for our people whenever we would have hurricanes hit and then we would go back i mean not always we wouldn't always be able to go back but you know i don't know if i like that analogy but
1: no it's (laughs) i mean it is it is a good analogy displaced from your home new orleanians displaced from their displaced from their home during katrina were offered solitude in other areas and we're only mentioning
0: we're only mentioning just Katrina right now because nobody really talks about Ida yeah but it did to Homa but, and everything but yeah because
1: it's a major the one.
0: yeah Katrina is the one that people know most about
1: yeah and and we were talking to a global audience yeah you, you can't say Hurricane Ike
0: <laughs> or like, Ida well, or what is yeah. that <laughs> who cares what year and, was that
1: right and, and I get that on a global level who does like it, it in the grand scheme of things, other stuff, you don't just keep track of everything. No one does.
0: You can't.
1: Exactly. But like everything in geopolitics, this is all very nuanced. Even even our discussion earlier about how uh, Hamas feels about Jews or Israel, that's very nuanced. And people can have uh, different opinions on it and, and express your opinions and tell us your opinions on it. Um, so it's just very nuanced. Now, Egypt because you asked about Egypt, it, they have understandable concerns about this unsustainable refugee flow. Um, with that, we talked about you can't have hundreds of thousands of people flowing through the border at once. Uh, there's also the possible possibility of terrorist threats getting through the border, like you mentioned. Right. You don't know who's coming through the border. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also longer-term Palestinian political aspirations and let me talk about that just for a second. Egypt is is worried at this time that a large group of Palestinians are going to come through Egypt, settle in Egyptian areas and then not really claim those lands but try to influence what's going on in that region and in the country. And that's something the government is worried about. And all that needs to be taken into account when you're pushing for these humanitarian corridors. Um, Mm -hmm. Recent reporting has also pointed the finger at Israel because, and you touched on this earlier, some people believe that Israel wants to use this mass border crossing of Palestinians to overtake all of what is currently Palestine. So they haven't said it publicly. Um, And I do, I think Cole from Alcon Intel posted Mm a, um, it was a draft of the, uh, I believe it was Israeli intelligence report on some of the things that Israel could plan to do. And and one of those was that once the Palestinians are moved out, Israelis can then move in to those areas and take over. And, and so that mm-hmm. was released, obviously, by Hamas saying, look, what we're telling you is correct. With those Palestinians leave— mm-hmm our people are going to leave and the Israelis are going to take take over. their homes. Yeah. If that is the case, if that is what Israel is planning to do, I believe the Western allies need to put a stop to that.
0: Absolutely.
1: It, 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 I'm of the opinion that that should not happen. And you, maybe people are surprised to hear me say that because I might sound so pro Israel that I can't see past that, but I'm pro people Honestly. Yeah. And these these people have built their houses and their communities there. They've lived there for decades. Um, you can't just push not them out.
0: Just decades? Palestinians have been there for I don't uh, really long. I'm not even going to wager. Well, I okay, guess. so that
1: the current so in Gaza, here's mm-hmm. here's what happened in Gaza. Let's take another historical and then we'll move real quick because uh, we're getting into
0: sidebars.
1: I know, but um, so Israel actually controlled that land for for a while. And then in 2006, they gave up the land within Gaza to allow Palestinians to move in there. And so Israel sort of just made their—the Israeli state where they are currently. Okay. And then Palestine kind of surrounds the Israeli state.
0: Okay. So they allowed—so
1: Palestinians were pushed out for a while. And Which then, is not cool. Not cool. But also— Israel fought a war and won that war. so And
0: that's unfortunately what happens when you yes. win. You get to take, I mean, we, we're seeing that happen right now in Russia as they're overtaking parts of Ukraine.
1: Right. And they are saying they're taking claims. And then we, get, some of those... and then we
0: take it back. And then they take it back. Ukraine right. takes it back. we are going back and forth.
1: <laughs> so that's why I'm saying for DEC for like four decades. Okay. And, and Palestinians, if you talk to Palestinians, they will call themselves refugees. Because they are being oppressed by Israel, right? And they're this isn't they're not in their true home until Israel is gone, and they can be in their true Palestinian home, right? So that's why I say like four decades, four to six decades. These people, the the these families have created a home where they are in Gaza, and it is not right because the Palestinian people. Let me say again: the Palestinian people did not attack Israel. I, I get that Hamas is the government of Gaza. It's not mm-hmm. the government of Palestine, but it is the government of Gaza. They are a terrorist organization, and they attacked Israel. The fight yeah. is between Israel and Hamas. want to be clear on that. Israel versus Hamas. Mm-hmm. That does not mean you get to displace hundreds of thousands of Palestinians because you're fighting against a terrorist organization.
0: Thank you for taking a stance on that, my darling.
1: <laughs> That's an easy stance for me to take. Yeah, I know, I know. I think. But
0: s- some people are just so skewed one way or the other that they, you know, like everybody, their their religion, their worldview, yeah. their biases, it colors their opinions on things. And they're just unable to see another perspective because yeah, it goes and- against what they believe in their core,
1: yeah, and I'm glad you you said that because it make no mistake. Through all the political and religious discourse that you just talked about,
0: mm-hmm.
1: this fight is all about land, and it's about yeah. a home for different sects of people,
0: different cultures, different, different cultures, different groups.
1: If you take God out of the conversation. Because we, we talk about this all the time, like, oh, it's a religious battle, and they have two different gods, and, and that's why each god has told them that this is their land. If you take God out of the equation, there is still a fight because land is an important commodity to people.
0: It's a resource that yes. is—it's shrinking the amount of land yeah, that we and can the, access.
1: The fact that Israel provides all these resources to Palestine, to Gaza— mm-hmm. That has to be something that, because Palestinians, Arabs, are very proud people. I don't, they mm-hmm. don't, I don't think they like that. I, I don't think they want Israel to keep supplying them with their goods and resources. They want the land that they had hundreds of years ago so that they can have those resources. And so that's what all the fighting is about. It's an issue about land. Um, so I, I just wanted to, I'm glad you brought it up because I wanted to, to say that. Um, we also don't know how many Palestinians are actually willing to leave their homes, because it's not just about, oh, well, Israel's going to come in and take all of this land. They have no guarantee that their home is going to still exist if or when they return.
0: Right, which the amount of stress that has to be on them.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, put, your, put yourself in that situation, and that you had to leave your home during. We talked about a hurricane,
0: which had, is not the same thing. No, it's
1: not the same. But <laughs> no, <laughs> you're
0: poor, as people who have analogy. done this.
1: No, but I'm talking about as people who have done this, who have done that, who have left homes because a hurricane was coming. Your mind mm. the entire time is, "Oh my goodness, yeah, am I going to have a home to come back to?" And there right. are people in New Orleans who do not leave during a hurricane
0: for that reason. For
1: that reason. Mm-hmm. That is important to them, rightfully so. Um, and, and then, yeah, but this is I, I do not like the war discussion. I'm not a warmonger. I don't like to talk about war. Uh, you talk to people who have been to war. Those are the people who try to stop war.
0: Yeah, you've been through and been a part of numerous conflicts that have gone on in the last 20 years or so. It takes you- a toll. And you're tired. (laughs) Well, you're tired.
1: And it's, so it's even worse uh, on civilians. And that's why I'm so passionate about keeping civilians safe because I trained for war. That's all I trained for in the, the, the beginning stages of my army career, even though Mm -hmm. I was an intelligence analyst and I'm not a combat veteran, I'm not a combat, uh, MOS or job, Right. I still trained for that. Still, still fired a weapon, still was told you might have to kill the enemy.
0: I remember you coming home with black eyes and, like, scratches and stuff whenever you would have to do, like, actual— Oh, close combat? combat. <laughs> close combat. I remember our—one of our friends, Treva, they got to kick each other's butts, and they yep. loved it. They got to beat each other
1: up. You take out a lot of frustration on another person, um, and it's sanctioned by the U.S. Army. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the civilians never asked for this. Right. You know, they're, they're caught in this caught battle in the middle yeah. because they chose or their family chose to live in a certain location. And be, just because you chose to live in that location doesn't mean you need to die. It's, it's all tragic. And this, like, I'm, I'm saying both pro, pro Israel, pro Palestine, this entire discussion, this me versus you discourse, dis- it distracts from the civilian reality and the tragedy impacted on civilians
0: on both sides on
1: both sides
0: yeah well i absolutely agree with that i don't think we should condemn a whole group because of what if what some people have done
1: what their governments are doing
0: yeah so we should definitely be highlighting the toll it's taking on civilians on both sides and i want to continue the talk about this war and get into what could become a regional conflict because it looks like the Houthis in Yemen are going forward with helping Hamas counter Israel's offensive. What is the latest there? And also, well, I'll, I'll ask the question after. <laughs> okay.
1: And, and just a, a little reminder for the Houthis are, they are, no, they are another proxy group that Iran uses.
0: Of course, because they don't actually want to get their hands dirty.
1: No, because if Iran gets involved the U S gets involved. Right. And we talked about that last week a little bit. Um, Iran's not ready to face. I'm not, it's, it's not me being from the U S and I just have these rose colored U S glasses. I think if you ask the majority of the global population, Hey, do you want to go to war with the U S they would say, no, they would try to do anything to prevent that. Right. So. So. Yeah. You're right. The Houthis have decided to hop in. It's a major escalation in the conflict uh, between Israel and then, you know, the Iranian backed Axis of Resistance. That's what. I'll, that's what I'm calling them now.
0: Okay. Axis
1: of Resistance, not axis the Axis of, of res- Evil.
0: <laughs> yeah. Axis of Resistance.
1: Um, that includes the Houthis, Hezbollah, uh, Syria, Hamas, all those groups. Um, the the Houthis effectively declared war on Israel this week because they're in solidarity with the Palestinians in Gaza. Um, Israel reported that they intercepted incoming projectiles from the Houthis in Yemen using their air defense system. So um, it's confirmed.
0: It's not yeah, like, yeah. speculation. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, and that's, uh, and that's why the U.S. sent their, uh, their naval assets out there to help okay. Israel, because they knew that Yemen, the Houthis in Yemen were going to start uh, putting drones and missiles towards Israel, to kind of help with that. Now, some of the targets in Israel may have been hit. We haven't got confirmation from that. There were targets that were hit. We don't know if it was the Houthis that hit those targets. Um, and that those targets were in the south. That's why we think it's the Houthis. It was in the south. It's close to the Red Sea, and that's where the Houthis kind of operate.
0: You just said think it's the Houthis, and I just asked if it was confirmed it was the Houthis. So is it confirmed or do we think? It's confirmed
1: that the Houthis fired projectiles, rockets and drones towards Israel. Okay. Israel says that they intercepted those projectiles. Okay. Targets in Israel were hit.
0: I got that.
1: But they don't know if that was because of the Houthi attack.
0: Oh, okay. Well, think, Okay, I guess the wording was a little off, or maybe my brain's a little off. Which no, both things are possible. <laughs>
1: Juice boxes. <laughs> Juice boxes. Um, but no, that's and that's why I love you being here because I'll just start saying stuff, and I don't think a lot because everything's. I like to put everything in the front of my brain yeah. when I want to talk. So I have. And all I put everything of, in the back. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have. Yeah, you actually, I like to talk. I say, oh, I just work in facts and logic and stuff. But when I'm talking, I talk a lot. You'll hear me be very, very fast and quick and aggressive. And that's Mm -hmm. my emotional side. And all that information is in the front. And And you want to get it all out. Yeah, and I want to get it all out before I forget it.
0: Right. And so sometimes
1: that will lead me to say some things I didn't really mean to say.
0: That's how he is in arguments too, y'all. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And so I love you doing that. And I also ask listeners, don't stop listening, please. Please don't stop listening. If you disagree with something I say and I may have misspoke, reach out and I can either clarify what I said or say, hey, that was wrong. That's really not what I meant to say.
0: Right. And
1: then I can tell you what I I really meant to say.
0: I don't think you said anything spicy there at all. So I don't at, at all. So what... Do you think the motivations are behind those Houthi attacks?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the, the Houthis are showing their loyalty to Iran. Uh, right. They're also showing that they support the Palestinian cause. Yes, the Palestinian cause. The they, Palestinian ref- they don't say cause. Hamas. You're- okay. So that, okay, that is That's something- kind of a,
0: like, some people refer it to, refer to it as, you know you know, Hamas, and then these groups are referring to it as like the broad general Palestinian cause. And it's hard to differentiate between those two things. That is because, sorry,
1: I I just want to say that's because. No, no,
0: no, please explain.
1: Hamas is winning the information operation campaign.
0: They are winning?
1: Yes. And I was talking to someone who's who's within the intel community, uh, still within the intel community. And so they're getting a lot of reports on this stuff. And what they have told me is that they really believe that Hamas has gotten another military to sort of teach them the inf- the the I.O. sphere and how to control the information operation uh, sphere. And this is one of the key things when you're talking. So when you see a protest, you'll see pro-Palestine, right? Pro-Palestine. Now, one of the chants of the pro-Palestine is from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. That's an anti-Semitic trope.
0: Okay. That
1: means we want to eradicate everyone from the river to the sea. Pull up a map, look at Israel. You'll see what I'm talking about, the river and the sea. Yeah. That's that's the thing. So to say, nope, if you are coming out and saying, hey, I'm going to go have a pro-Hamas rally, that's very difficult for you to explain, right? especially right. in the Western culture. Right. But if you say, I have have pro-Palestine, that's very easy because, yes, I will say, listen, I'm pro the people whose houses are being bombed. Like, I don't want that to happen. I don't think mm-hmm. that should happen. But I also mm-hmm. don't think, and, and I know for a fact, that Hamas is setting up shop in these places so that they can win this information operation campaign. So they'll set up a headquarters within a, a hospital in Gaza. Well, Hamas is underneath it, right? Within mm-hmm. the tunnels. And civilians are within the hospital. You fire off some rockets towards Israel, Israel's going to retaliate, they're going to hit the hospital, kill civilians. Wrong, don't do that. Right. But now Hamas has the upper hand.
0: Also true.
1: And so they are they are definitely if you look on social media, Hamas is definitely winning. The information operation campaign.
0: I mean, I can attest to that. Um, I've seen a lot of videos that ha- well, I mean, you've walked in and caught me crying several times yeah. in the last week or so. And they were all videos showing Palestinian civilians in the aftermath of a bomb or an attack or and it just rips your heart out and it, it it does make you think, what what it what is Israel doing? Why are they doing that?
1: <laughs> yeah. They're they're looking for that emotional response that we're all and, gonna have. And when they you got see it from me in the hands of their mother and a the baby, baby is dead. Right. That's gonna that's gonna elicit an emotional reaction from anyone, I would hope. If you yeah. don't have that you are a sociopath, and if you don't know that you're a sociopath, that's confirmed it, and you maybe need to get some help. Yeah. If you can look at a at a baby that has no fight in the game and has died, and said, "Well, they they deserved that." I'm telling you, you're a sociopath, and I'm not a psychologist, <laughs> so go find one.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, it, it's oh, okay. tragic, and. And you hear me laugh a little bit because I have to hold back sometimes the the emotion from it, and that's yeah, my, one of the ways my I do it.
0: Eyes are welling up yeah. again, like the fifth time this week.
1: So we'll we'll keep moving on because, man, we are already thick Babe. into this episode. Well,
0: this, this well, like you said, this is a very layered nuanced conflict it's not as simple as one side against the other there's so many layers there're also like you said io campaigns going on yeah where um you know obviously one side is winning more than the other and <sighs> but both
1: sides are doing it
0: but Bo- yeah, I know both both sides are shooting out all that propaganda trying to sway people one way or the other and it it can be confusing and it's overwhelming and it's like soul crushing. It's just and- not an easy thing to see from afar from um, from the safety of my home on my phone or my laptop being in it and imagining being in it is I don't have I don't have the words. There aren't the there isn't a word in the English English language to describe what those no. people must be going through.
1: There isn't, all. and and if you can't if you can't be compassionate to the civilian side of this, maybe reevaluate your worldview. And I hope that comes across as advice. Um, I have to do this all the time. Because yeah. I was US military. We are an ally of Israel. Uh, I have to sometimes see images that are being put out. And my first thought is, well, that's fake. That's got to be fake. Yeah. And that's why I think what we do is very important because <clears throat> that's my initial reaction. But then goes the analysis of the situation. And then I can put the things together and go, oh, they really did bomb a hospital or this this really is what happened, and then analyze the situation from that point of view right. There's too yeah. many comments on social media towards uh media posts that I find very neutral that say something like Israel hit Hamas targets here, and there's a bunch of comments that say foss, they were just targeting Palestine. Or a bunch of comments of Palestinians being killed and comments going, those are all Hamas. Those are all Hamas. And it's like, you didn't actually read the article or read what was going on. You have a worldview. Uh And your initial reaction to that was to comment your worldview towards that post.
0: Yeah. And it's. I think it's also a way that people protect themselves from that sort of information. They don't want to believe that maybe they should look at things from a different perspective. And so obviously they're going to look at these videos and these pictures and the headlines of the news articles and try to reformat it so that it fits into, like you said, their their perception of what's going on.
1: Yeah. And, and what I have found in this particular conflict is there is more misinformation being posted on social media, meaning fake videos, mm-hmm. fake photos, fake analysis from trusted open source uh, content creators right? than any conflict, than, than the Ukraine-Russia conflict, than, than anything that I've seen in the last five years. I'm talking- Prob- Let's video honest. games
0: probably more than that
1: <laughs> yeah but uh, it's like v- footage of video games being promoted as what's going on in israel and in in palestine
0: i haven't seen any of that yet but
1: i will guarantee you have seen those videos you think so yes okay um so what what's happening now is they're because of how realistic video games look now oh yeah People are starting to post those because they want to gain clout, and this is a this is not this is a social media.
0: That's so gross that people are trying to gain clout from this. Yeah, like what is wrong with you?
1: (laughs) We'll get. I
0: don't care if that sounds ugly or not. Like, what is there's Something wrong with you if you're doing that? Like.
1: I don't think that sounds ugly. I think that's that's very true. And I don't think any of those people are listening to this podcast. So you can keep I just saying got it. A,
0: I just got a hot flash.
1: Um let's get back to what Iran is oh doing with geez. the with okay. the Houthis. So
0: let me go back and um, re ask the question. Okay. And you can, I don't know, pick up where you were going to yeah. where we stopped. But okay, the question before we went off on another tangent because we want to make sure we put out as much Factual. information. From, factual information from both sides as possible and obviously they're both trying to manipulate the west and you know well not just not just the west but you know the entire world and make sure people see things their way so okay what do you think all right, what are the motivations behind the Houthi attacks? And then we so, promise, guys, we're going to try to stay on, on task. We're going to
1: get through this. Um, we
0: will, maybe.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so the Houthis want to show loyalty to Iran,
0: mm-hmm.
1: support for the Palestinian cause. That's where we kind of got mm-hmm. off track mm-hmm. because it's the Palestinian cause.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause I was confused. I'm like, some people
1: are saying, never mind.
0: We're not going down that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and what's oh, the pal- rewind
0: it, rewind it like <laughs> yeah. <the> five minutes.
1: <laughs> what's the Palestinian cause? It is to have a home. That is a legitimate Palestinian cause. And that's why I say it's, it's an information campaign. Because if you say you're pro Palestinian, that's great. Palestine, the, the people in Gaza having their own home. Right. Is something to support. Absolutely. Supporting Hamas, who, You can say you don't believe me, but they chopped the heads off of civilians. And that is confirmed through their GoPros.
0: Like that that Shawnee, that that woman who was at that um, music festival. They paraded her, they beat her, paraded her naked body through the streets, spit on her, and chopped her head off. And And this is confirmed
1: through their own sources.
0: Yeah, they're proud of it, guys.
1: So there's that. Okay, So the Palestinian cause, which having a home, I think that's a legitimate cause.
0: Here for it, please. Yeah, They're
1: they're also trying to expand the scope of the conflict because they want to put more pressure on Israel and its allies.
0: Which is the West.
1: (laughs) Yes. Uh, So once again, we're seeing how Iran is trying to stay out of this conflict because they're going to utilize their proxy groups to carry out Uh these attacks on Israel. My hands are clean. I'm not really doing it. But hey, let me funnel this money through black sites and dark web and stuff like that. Uh-uh. Now, why is Iran doing that? So the, the hope from Iran is that this is going to deplete Israel and by proxy, the U S stockpiles. And that would be devastating when, okay, scratch that, not when I'm going to say, if let's still try to deter this, if right. world war kicks off in the near future.
0: Which I feel like more people, more and more people are talking about that happening. But let's still keep this on topic. What are the implications for the region?
1: Yeah, the, the Houthi attacks indeed increase the risk of a wider regional war. And a wider regional war is going to involve Iran and its proxies on one side, Israel and its allies on the other. That's what we're talking about when we say a, region, a wider regional war in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. It's going to have serious consequences for stability and security in the region, Uh, global energy supplies and markets. It's going to affect everyone on a personal level. Um, These conflicts make an already deteriorating global economic system even worse. Like I (laughs) said, it's going to affect everybody on a personal level. That's why we're trying to stop this. That's why we're speaking out against having these kind of things.
0: And that's probably why Biden and Xi are going to have a meeting in San Francisco.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: We're going to get to that. Yeah, You're like, eh, nah, nah. All right, hold on. You know my thoughts. Yeah, I know. And now, okay, we have Germany warning Europe that a global war could be coming. I know we're still trying to stave, we're trying to put out in the universe that people don't do this. (laughs) But, you know, Germany is warning Europe that a global war could be coming. Do you know exactly what was said? And do you agree with the German government?
1: Okay, so this, um, this came from Boris Pastoris. Great name.
0: Pistorius.
1: Yeah. Well, I like to say Pistoris. because no, it rhymes. No, I
0: know. No, <laughs> be polite. Dave's and listening pronounce and he's his like, name.
1: you got it wrong.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. My Uncle Dave is definitely listening and he's definitely like, shut up, Kervin. <laughs> and
1: so who is Boris Pastorius? He's the German defense minister. Uh, he said that there is the potential for war in Europe. He stressed the need for increased armed forces capability to maintain peace in the region. So that increased armed forces capability is a deterrence method. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I think he's absolutely right. And he is spot on to highlight the need for increased armed forces capability to deter a war, to maintain peace in the region. So there's the old saying of, if you want peace, prepare for war. Not go out and make war, but you've got to prepare for it. And the more you prepare for it, the the easier it is to come to peace because you've deterred the other people from going to war. Um I would say the Russian invasion of Ukraine in 2022—that was a wake-up call for the whole world, entire world. Yeah, yeah.
0: What about Germany's response to the Russian invasion of Ukraine? I mean, we kind of talked about it, you know, early on mm. that Germany probably wasn't doing enough compared to other smaller European countries that were within the vicinity, yeah, within Russia's reach. You know, so you're
1: you're exactly right. Germany faced a bunch of criticism because their response was delayed. Right. Uh, They had this initial reluctance to provide those leopard tanks to Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Um, Eventually, it did send those 18 leopard tanks. um, But that was after other allies offered their own leopard tanks. Poland did. Um, So Germany didn't do enough at the beginning, I would say. Okay. But- But countries like Estonia and Lithuania, they offered much better support to Ukraine. And that's even though all of those, all the countries.
0: Small economies, small. Small defense. Small defense. Yeah. Um, But they were also a little bit closer to Russia.
1: (laughs) Right. But all of the So Poland, Germany, all of those countries were all worried. Lithuania, Estonia, Finland, Sweden, all were worried about further aggressions from Russia.
0: Apparently not worried enough. Talking about Germany. Yeah. Apparently not worried enough. Well, okay, how are other European nations responding to these emerging threats?
1: Yeah, some nations boosted their defense budgets. Uh, Some strengthened NATO forces along the eastern flank uh, of that Russian border. We've talked about this a lot. Countries like Finland and Sweden requested NATO membership. Finland Mm -hmm. got it. Sweden's still working on it. I think this conflict in Israel is going to prevent Sweden from joining NATO because Turkey is focused on pro-Palestinian right. things. And
0: Turkey was the holdout, right? Yes. Okay. I
1: believe it was Turkey and then Hungary kind of held out too, but they're waiting on Turkey to, to make the decision. Okay. Um, now, there's still a need for swift and energetic movement, improvements in defense capabilities, and that's all across Europe. Europe kind of went away from their defense plan
0: kind of stagnated
1: stagnated yeah so while the everybody pointed to the u.s because oh we spent in the u.s we spent a lot of money on defense (sighs) and so all those countries looked at the u.s as the police we're going to be the police for the rest of the world we're going to bump up our um our defense spending every year because
0: we have the money for it
1: (laughs) yeah uh let me get this
0: isn't increasing our debt at all
1: Yeah, let me go check our bank account. We all
0: get yeah, we all get crap for not being able to pay back our like student loans and stuff like that. But we're over here just raising the debt ceiling and ignoring our already incurred debt. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Like, I hate that.
1: (laughs) But it it, it's important. I want to say it it is important because obviously,
0: yes, defense is important. I just I'm just talking about from the money perspective. That was another tangent. That I no, on. but
1: I want, I'm i saying it's it's important to acknowledge the possibility of war, which is what Germany is doing, but also work towards peace. Mm-hmm. That whole, if you want peace, prepare for war. You know, countries can't just boost the military spending just for the sake of spending. Sometimes I think the U.S. does that. Sorry. I'm not,
0: uh, you, yeah. Uh,
1: if anybody we from do. the Pentagon is listening, and I know a few people are, uh-huh. you agree with me. Yeah. We just spend no, for the sake of spending.
0: Yeah, we do. We,
1: we do. need to have de- diplomatic efforts. And those diplomatic efforts must be balanced with the increased armed forces capability to prevent escalation. And the more you bump up your military capabilities, the more you can promote dialogue to countries that may be adversarial. Right. So the key term I want to continue into 2024 is deterrence. Okay, so it's much better for everyone to succeed on a diplomatic effort, and this is something if you read, um, you know, the the any military book, you would rather never fire a single round and win the battle. That's what you want.
0: That's true that's for, victory. Yeah.
1: It, that's what <laughs> the sure. art of war is all about. That's why everybody, every military leader, is required to
0: read the art of war. war which you've read I don't know how many times. I know. So now I'm yeah.
1: journaling it. So we'll see how that turns out. Oh yeah,
0: out. and you do a journal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, obviously that is the outcome that everyone is hoping for. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, um another region that could see a large-scale conflict is the Western Sahel and this week rebels in Mali took over a camp that was recently evacuated by the UN peacekeeping mission I don't know. M-I-N-U-S-M-A. I, I, yeah. Is you it, you can spell it minus out. Minusma. 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 Okay, I I didn't know where the emphasis was supposed to be in that acronym, and it it was in the town of Kidal. Mm-hmm. Um. So, what do you know about the situation in Mali right now?
1: Yeah, very significant. Um, this is this like an internal battle for territory within Mali? uh the the permanent
0: land tr- again
1: right oh uh, it's always about land right we kind of always say that war is religious it's always like it's it's about competing religions but like i said take god out of the equation take the religion out
0: i don't feel like it's always about religion
1: that's what a lot of people say you know we a we a uh, commentators on the news they will say that we went to war in Iraq because we didn't like Muslims um they'll say the Israel uh, Israel Arab wars are based off of you know religious differences okay um I, I, yeah.
0: okay I just wanted I don't know if I've seen those comments but I don't Maybe see this a lot comes of this- from
1: my religious background
0: <laughs> yeah which he Does have a super religious background, which made him a beautiful person, but it also made him an open person. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm not.
0: That wasn't a joke. I'm being serious. I know
1: you are. I'm just saying, just because I came from a very religious background and I've kind of turned away from that strictness. It's not that I kind of crap on religions. I think. No. I love history, guys. I'm a very historical person. And I think religion plays a part in history, and I love it. I love reading about different religions and how they started based on history. So, that's all I wanted to say about. that.
0: I mean, you gotta get as early as possible to get to the like root of it. You know, yeah, and
1: and how far back? And oh man, this could be a totally different podcast that we could do. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. We can't, we can't go, we can't go down the, we cannot go go down fourteen thousand
1: years ago. And you're talking about I don't even know. Let's let's get back to let's talk about ancient (laughs) aliens. Um, so the, 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 the permanent strategic framework, uh, which is a Turek-dominated alliance of armed groups, recently relaunched a rebellion against the state of Mali. They said in a statement that they are now taking control of the areas abandoned by Minusma in Qadal. But even before the camp takeover, tensions were expected to rise further in the Kidal region uh, once the UN did depart from that. Now the Kidal region has been has has been the center of insubordination for Mali because of the the CSP the permanent strategic framework um and it's it's been a launching point for independent rebellions that's shaken the 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 Malian government okay. since they said that they were independent
0: when 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 did they say they were independent
1: Oh, that's a great question. I wish I knew it off the top of my head, but oh my it was pretty recently. Surprised,
0: I'm surprised you don't. No, I just, I just crossed shocked. the
1: border. I don't care whenever they were it claimed to be independent.
0: Oh, <laughs> are you talking about when you accidentally? <laughs> yes. Accidentally went on? Oh, I forgot to bring up the question about Yemen, but that's okay. We'll, we'll talk about it at the end. It's okay. actually going it to be something at the end. Okay.
1: All right. Right at oh, doing. Um, yeah. Now, the This is huge because the Malian army has already suffered multiple defeats between 2012 and 2014 in the region.
0: Okay, well, the Western Sahil and really the majority of Africa, I mean, it doesn't just appear to remain in flux. It obviously is in flux, like they've had multiple coups in the last... ah, couple months and one country seems to be expanding their operations on that continent and obviously and unfortunately i am talking about russia so what can you tell us about russia's expanded operations on that poor continent still having to deal with people trying to friggin influence them. They and shame on everybody. Lives. They just want to live their lives and y'all are like, we're gonna take all their resources. That's why Wakanda is hiding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's why Wakanda is hiding.
0: That's why Wakanda is hiding from yeah, you guys. That,
1: that would be a good reason to hide. Um right. Yeah. Africa is chronically unstable. It's and it's because of everyone meddling, around them. Meddling A holes. <laughs> yeah, but but this is providing numerous opportunities for expanding Russian influence. Yeah. So the, the governments of Mali, Sudan, CAR, the Central African Republic, Niger, Burkina Faso, they they don't fully control their own territory. Right. Because of all the meddling that goes on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they all face terrorist insurrections. A lot of them are facing full-scale civil wars. Mm-hmm. All of that coupled with Western military assistance is providing inadequate support okay and it's something i've said as somebody that has provided support within africa Mm -hmm. i agree the the support is inadequate because it's only focused on one thing
0: which is
1: terrorism we're going to eradicate terrorism but we don't fully understand the 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 civil discourse in the region yeah
0: the cultures and and you know the people of the area like it didn't they kick out some like like some countries kicked out France
1: yep. and they Yeah. So I mean Mali, Burkina Faso. And that was part we talk about IO, information operations. It was an That's IO right. campaign from Russia and China to say these are colonizers and right. they they're not giving you the support you need. We will kick kick out France, the US, the UK.
0: But if they weren't giving sufficient support, they kind of were colonizing, to be honest.
1: But they—they they were
0: just there to, and it, I don't know. That just—but
1: sufficient and note. So I don't think Russia or China gives any support to these I'm countries. I'm not in trying. Africa. I'm not
0: trying to imply that these two. No, are. I know.
1: I know you're not. But when I say sufficient support, yeah. What do you mean? I, I'm not saying they're not giving any support. Okay. Or the support. So I said the 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 support is inadequate because we're only focused on terrorism, but that right. support to terrorism has done a good job. Okay. Whenever we it were... needs to be
0: more broad. Yes. It needs to cover more than that. It needs to yeah, cover because like and I, civil civil conflicts and economy issues, yep. and you know resources and stuff like that. And it shouldn't just be about what we get in return, which unfortunately is the mindset of a lot of these countries that claim they're helping. In the area, it's about what they can get out of it. And then whenever they're done getting whatever they need out of the area, they're just going to abandon these people again. And then they will be dropped back into turmoil again, but without resources this time because we took them all.
1: Yeah, and and I want to look at this from a historical context.
0: Okay, I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) So, (laughs) No, it's it's good. Um, The one example that I like to bring up is... NATO backed forces, you'll remember this. NATO backed forces overthrew the Gaddafi regime in Libya in 2011. Remember that guy? Yes.
0: I do. Um, Omar Gaddafi. Yeah, I do.
1: When that happened, Moscow, Russia, fueled a civil war because they supported General Khalifa Haftar's rule. As a result of that, Haftar now controls more than half of Libya. So, when I said that these countries don't actually control all of the land that they have, this is one of those cases. Okay. Um, now, within Libya, they only have 1,200 troops from the Wagner Group.
0: Oh, geez. In
1: Libya. But Russia has turned that half of Libya into a de facto Russian client state. And right now, Russia is looking to establish a naval base there.
0: So, did any of that change after Prigozhin's death in August?
1: You would think so, but not really. Oh. Uh, So, Russia's deputy defense minister actually traveled to Benghazi to assure Haftar that Russian military would support his regime. Okay. So, in October of this—so, last month, Haftar traveled to Moscow to meet with Putin— so he got to meet with the big but guy there himself. Was,
0: I did not. I right. didn't see that in the news at all.
1: Yeah. And, and that, that is
0: wild.
1: The, the problem is the media doesn't focus on Africa enough. I've yeah. been bringing up the problems with China and Russia's influence in Africa for how long now? Two uh, years. How long I have mean, we been doing this podcast?
0: But I mean, you've been mentioning it even before that, though. Like, personally, right. in private, you have brought it up and you mentioned it whenever you'd come back.
1: Yeah, because you don't understand it until you get there.
0: And you have been there a lot.
1: Um, Now, some analysts- Okay. And I'm putting myself into those analysts. I agree with this. Okay. Expect that with Russia, with, with Russian backing and NATO's focused on Ukraine, it- a new conflict. So we're talking about another conflict coming up because it, it seems to me that Haftar is going to launch an offensive to take complete control of Libya So that's another thing to look for in 2024.
0: And obviously because of these other large scale, massive conflicts, everyone is distracted yep. because we didn't even know that this guy went and met with Putin last month.
1: And so when everybody's distracted, it's the perfect time. It's the it
0: perfect out. time for people to carry out their most awful desires
1: and and russia has arguably expanded its influence in africa more than so in recent years they've done it more than any other external actor to include china who i've talked about a lot as being one of the most influential forces in in africa russia is Mm -hmm. now and the plan is to expand more and they want to out influence western nations like france and the u.s
0: Well, it looks like Africa remains a massive power struggle for superpowers like China and the U.S. and Russia, which it shouldn't be that way, guys. We are not supposed to be, like, competing for power in that country. We should be helping them. Okay, so now... I want to get into this surprising planned meeting between U.S. President Joe Biden and Chinese President Leader Xi Jinping. This was almost unimaginable six months ago with the rhetoric that was going back and forth between our two countries. We were trying to out-talk each other yep, without really doing anything, but we were trying to out-talk each other. So are we actually going to see a meeting between these two leaders? And how significant, I mean, I'm, you can hear it in my voice, like how significant do you think this meeting is going to be?
1: So right now, an agreement is in principle. So it, it we don't know if it's going to happen, but they've agreed in principle for them to meet in San Francisco in November. Um, but the important details do still need to be hammered out. At the meeting is going to be very significant if it happens, because um, it comes in the context of continued just like you said, almost unimaginable, because of the continued tensions between the two countries. But we do, I think, need diplomatic engagement. the The relationship between the two countries and the two leaders has faced challenges. You know, Biden's emphasized the importance of preventing competition in U.S.-China relations um, because those could escalate into conflict. Critics, myself included, have accused Biden of not taking a strong stance on issues like Chinese exports of fentanyl that is huge in this country. It is directly coming from China. Also, the transparency regarding the origins of COVID-19. This is not some right-wing conspiracy theory. We don't know where COVID-19 came from. Right. Talk to John Stewart. He knows. Yeah. He's like, hey, okay,
0: we're, yeah. we have the
1: Wuhan lab. It comes from Wuhan. I don't know. Could yeah. be that.
0: John yeah, the, Stewart did say
1: that. The, the the last year of relations have soured more and more. So much so because biden characterized i'm gonna harp a lot on on joe biden because that's where we're at we're in the u.s and and i think and we're
0: allowed to do that here we're
1: allowed to do that and the president of the u.s should understand that words matter Mm -hmm. recently this year he characterized the presidency of xi as a dictatorship obviously xi's gonna be mad about that let's go to china why do i think China is is influencing these tensions. Listen, we have the Chinese spy balloon. If you believe that was a weather balloon, I've got I've got some um oceanfront property in Arizona that I'd love to sell to you.
0: Oh my god, you did not use that old
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean if, if that's what you're going to believe, it was it was a spy balloon. Uh, yeah. They were trying to spy on things. There was this year if we I'm going to look back in December. On this year? I don't even want to. All of the geopolitical events.
0: Like, I'm scared to do that.
1: It's crazy. <laughs> it's been a crazy year.
0: So what do you think the two will discuss? Obviously, besides, I mean, uh, conflicts, right?
1: Yeah, so two the major war. Major
0: conflicts.
1: Wars in in Russia, Ukraine. I think G one...
0: knows that a third world war is not in his best, best interest either.
1: Yeah. Like, I hope could, so.
0: It seems like it, but I feel like that's part of what is motivating this talk between good old Joe and him. Yeah,
1: and, and China has increasingly sought to flex its diplomatic chops on the global stage. And this both is a of those good way to do
0: it and, yes. and to be positive and not so antagonistic. Like-
1: but it is a direct counter to U.S. diplomatic efforts. So whatever the U.S., the U.S. is pro-Israel. China mm-hmm. is pro Hamas. Pro?
0: They said the, flat out Hamas, or did they say they are, they are ready to?
1: Yes, they said they have said Hamas. They which said is why Hamas? I think I've i so when I was talking about how I talked to somebody who thinks that they're IO, and and I kind of brought up China as part of who would have done a good job in teaching Hamas how to present an IO campaign to the world, and, and I brought up China, but. Um, but they really haven't done a good job. They're they're talking about how Hamas was very much. Um, they were right in how they how they did things. So it could have been Russia. Russia does a great job of of an IO of an information operation campaign. Yeah, it could have been it could have been Russia. But well, um, let's not
0: speculate on this stuff. Let's focus right. on what we need to talk about because we we have gone on so many. Well, I mean, I think it's just. The last few weeks have been so emotionally charged, and there's been so many layers that we've had to kind of peel back the the layers of that onion, and not just give you guys the little tidbits that we usually do—the little like Cliff's Notes versions of things. We have to get more into detail because yeah. it's so nuanced, layered. That's and, the word, yeah, and nuanced, and, and we can't—it doesn't do this, these conflicts. A service like the it's it does a disservice for us to just do the little snippet so that's why we're kind of giving more detail than we usually do because it it does
1: a disservice to who we are because we want to bring levity to all these situations so if we just take one side or the other yeah it's not right
0: well I, Um, i don't think levity is the right word babe okay (laughs) <laughs> we're, not trying to li- we're not trying to lighten it. We want people to understand the scope. We want people to understand the heaviness of it, but yeah. we want them to understand that these are two groups that are going head-to-head, using other groups of people to manipulate, you know.
1: Yeah, and, and listen, all the diplomatic stuff that China's trying to do, let's not gloss over the fact that China retains very solid ties with Russia and with Iran. Right. Which is a key funder of Hamas.
0: But because they ha- Iran hasn't specifically been, it hasn't been proven at this point. Yep. We, I mean, obviously, they understand that a world war would be catastrophic for the entire world. A lot of it is posturing.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I hope it stays posturing and not... Uh, Escalating. I would you know, rather posture than escalation. Action.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So well, so on your confidence skill. How likely is it that we could see improved relations between the two countries? I hope they're like, I want them to take their egos out of this. It's not about who's better, who's the top country in the entire world. It's about protecting people. It should be about protecting people.
1: You're not going to like my answer. (laughs) And you know my scale, right?
0: Yeah, I I go from zero to 10.
1: Eleven to fifty, fifty one to a
0: hundred. Okay, don't don't do that right now. You're confusing. Okay, me. just just so get to it. So that's
1: unlikely, possible, probable. Right. I'm at unlikely. Y-
0: so, so do you think this is just more posturing? Yes,
1: I okay. think you you want to know what I really think.
0: Y- well, just everyone, be careful. Be careful.
1: I okay. I'm going to try to be very careful, guys.
0: I like. I
1: just. I think she
0: sees... We can't speculate that hard on something.
1: I think a lot of people are going to agree with this.
0: Well, I mean, it's fine if they agree, but the thing is, is as of right now, we don't have enough information to definitively say one way or the other that, like, yes, this is just a show for the world to kind of make people think that they are not capitulating, but more open to discussions with the West. Like...
1: I think Xi sees Joe Biden as a shell of a man, and that well, he can manipulate him.
0: So you think that's what it is? Oh, I, do, I mean, I that would honestly make believe
1: that he wants to do this meeting,
0: right? To,
1: and we'll talk offline more about my first. Well, I mean, it's feelings, not. I
0: mean, now that you mention that, that does make sense because he, like, I mean, Joe, his faculties are not all there, and yeah. if anybody says differently. The Joe, I, Joe of the 1980s like, is
1: not the Joe of 2020s. Exactly. And I think everybody sees that. I think, I think everybody Joe, does. I think I, I'm sorry for saying Joe, he's President Biden. President Biden. Very sorry. Biden. For
0: that. Yeah.
1: Um we just won, casually won call him Joe yeah. in our
0: country. <laughs> um, but he is President Biden.
1: He's President of the United States. But I think G, mm-hmm. President G sees this as an opportunity to maybe manipulate President Biden.
0: Does he not realize that there are other people there probably influencing the government more than our president is? Oh, he no his he knows that. Faculties?
1: But he also knows that the president says right the American people are going to listen to whether they agree or not it, it's going to form a lot of of America's opinion. But I also understand. Listen, what say whatever you want about Joe Biden. He is not pro-China he's not pro-war like he really isn't and and I haven't met the guy I don't know him personally but I do understand in his in his rhetoric and and what he's saying he does not want war I know that for certain um that's a fact I'm gonna tell you right now that's a fact and you can challenge me on it go talk to him and he will tell you that's not what he wants it's not good for his presidency yeah um, th- these two superpowers have too many competing interests. That's right. the problem. Really? There's so many significant obstacles to compromise. That's why I put it at unlikely that we're going to see okay. improved relations.
0: Okay.
1: Um, because Xi still plans to reunify Taiwan,
0: and that's not going to change with a conversation nope. with President nope. Biden.
1: Okay. And and President Biden is going to tell him, I hand to God, President Biden is going to tell him the U.S. is going to defend Taiwan if it invades China. Right. We're still going to abide by the one-China policy, but if you invade Taiwan, we are going to defend that. And that's what the U.S. military is preparing for. Mm -hmm. And Joe Biden is going to say it. I don't care what you think about President Biden. He is going to say that. And so I'll leave it at that.
0: Okay. Well, okay. Let me compose myself.
1: Okay. I'm going <laughs> to have a little drink here because that's too much for me.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's too much for anyone with a soul. <laughs> so, okay, we have two major conflicts, two possible regional confl- conflicts in Africa on the horizon. All
1: right, Mali an and impa- Libya. Yeah,
0: In Mali and Libya, yeah, an impasse in relations between two world superpowers, and just when you think it can't get any worse, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security is now cautioning everyone that um, a Hamas-style attack could happen in the near future. And last week, you did a wonderful breakdown Thank for you. how to identify a possible attack and how to protect yourself and your family but with this new statement, I want to get your analysis on the likelihood of an attack and where you think it could possibly take place.
1: <laughs> and, for
0: that. Yeah, and how an attack on the scale of one that Hamas carried out in Israel would change everything going on, the whole okay, so landscape if, of what's going on.
1: You know me. I want to take the easy question first before we get into the difficult kind of stuff. so Right. I'm going to answer the last question first, because that's the easiest question and the least nuanced answer. So I don't have to talk a lot for this one. That doesn't mean uh-huh. I won't. It just means yeah, I don't I have to. <laughs> so the, the type of attack that Hamas carried out in Israel, it's a full-scale coordinated terrorist attack. It's on the scale of 9-11 in the U.S. We've talked about that. I've told you that is 100% true. It's on the scale of 9-11. Mm-hmm. Not hyperbole. It's factual. Okay. I'm having a tough time remembering an attack on this level since 9-11. If you can think of anything, please tell me.
0: Anything globally?
1: Globally since 2001. If we have seen anything globally since since 2001, I would like to know. Because everything that I have seen has been these like lone wolf or individual attacks on, on various sites or pieces of infrastructure. So... How would another attack like that affect the global landscape? Just, all right, we're, we know <laughs> where, we know we're how to, old we're we are.
0: Age, we're about to <laughs> age ourselves.
1: <laughs> we can kind of remember the world pre 9 11.
0: Don't say kind of, honey. We were like, um, both, you and I well, were almost 18. We were 17 that, years old. But I when never that flew.
1: I I did had not flown you in never an airplane flew at that before 9/11. No, my first flight was to South Carolina to 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 go to basic training.
0: Oh, okay. That was I my first ever flight. Okay. I flew my entire life yeah. and I can tell you before 9/11, my little sister and I would fly up to Oklahoma every single summer to go to Inlanchko, which is our native dances, but my parents would always make sure that we had a um, layover in the Dallas airport because my dad's parents lived there and my grandma would always make a point and they would make sure the layover was like a few hours. And, So my grandma would drive to the airport in Dallas to meet up with my little sister and I on our way to Oklahoma for the dances, and she would go up to the gate that we were at no <laughs> ticket no. and people would be smoking in the airport in their, in their little areas, but she would meet up with us. We would go have lunch. We would hang out for a couple hours. We'd have a grand old time. She'd bring us presents because she was our grandma and then she would leave, and that was just the end of it. She was able to just walk right into the airport, walk right up to the gate, hang out with her grandbabies for a few hours, and then go back home, and that is not the case <laughs>
1: So, So take that, take what that, Tiana that, said, because I didn't yeah. have that experience.
0: Yeah, that was that was what we did every summer. I mean, we would also go see her after in guys. so don't think that was the only visit that no, I got no, with no. my grandma, because that was not. I went to see
1: her frequently. Can you kind of <laughs> talk about what in munchka is because it's not dances it's not we always think powwow Well, we don't
0: we don't like that word. (laughs) I
1: know. I'm saying that from a guy that's a white American guy.
0: No, I mean, this is completely irrelevant to what we're discussing right now. And I apologize for another tangent, but it's I think um, it's important. It it has nothing to do with this, but I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's the ceremonial dances of my people. They used to take place in the fall. And it used to be exclusively men until, I don't know if it was the 70s or the 80s, where they decided to let us women start dancing. Because they needed
1: somebody to cook their food.
0: No, we (laughs) always cooked the food, baby. Oh, We always cooked the food. Oh, but you couldn't participate in dances. Yeah, at that point, it wasn't, I don't know. I don't know if it was like all dances, but I know in Lanchka was very important... I don't know what I'm. I'm not gonna pretend like I understand. Do you know
1: what in launchka means?
0: I did. I would have if you didn't ask me that question. Yeah, I know. Like I, got I could you. have answered. I could have answered that probably thirty seconds ago because <laughs> I I knew the actual meaning of it, and I'm I I can't I can't right now. So and we'll I get apologize. back on track. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I, I I don't want to say things and be incorrect. No,
1: I get that. I get that. I under, look, look at me. I understand that completely. You're, you're <laughs> the
0: one who put me on the spot, buddy. So we're going to have yes. a discussion about this afterwards.
1: I know. So um,
0: appreciate that.
1: But listen to what Tiana just said about, you know, travel. Airport
0: access. access. Airport
1: access. So you kind of can, can, you kind of get your answer. The world's not the same.
0: And you used to be able to like, what, if you didn't have a ticket, like if you talked to the ticket agent and you needed to go on the plane for something, you could be like i don't have a ticket but i they could walk onto the plane and i don't know talk to another passenger or get something off the plane that's happened i've had family members walk on the planes too yeah so yeah so take all that in that that changed after 2001 we're so old babe
1: because (laughs) of the type of attack so how would another attack affect the global landscape Hear what Tiana said, and you have your answer. It's not the same. How the world changes, though, depends on the attack. Because the TSA in the U.S., we've—I'm sure a bunch of people have gone through the TSA—that was established in November of 2001, and it was a direct result of 9/11. We've also fought multiple wars and conflicts as a direct result of 9/11. Our lives, you and me—I'm saying this, you and me, Tiana. Mm -hmm. Our lives were changed due to 9-11. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why it's easy to understand the world's not going to be, it's going to be very different in this world if another attack happens on the scale of that.
0: Yeah. So do you agree that we will likely see another attack At that scale within the next year, or let's say the next two years, maybe.
1: Yeah, that's that question is the toughest question to answer because
0: they have to get more creative now. Because obviously, in two thousand one, social media did not exist really at all. I mean, if you can, if you. consider ICQ or AOL <laughs>
1: ICQ IOL,
0: ICQ or AOL social media or chat Our rooms listeners are sp- going
1: to love this conversation
0: <laughs> oh my god I'm so mad at myself right now <laughs> like that's about as far as social media was and if you don't know what that was good for you you little baby
1: <laughs> Like, but this is also like a chicken or the egg dilemma Because there's so many factors at play. So it's difficult to say... Right now, it's difficult to say whether the West did a great job right now of identifying and neutralizing the threat or if terrorists just didn't plan to attack the West again. Yeah,
0: we don't know if it's just been inconvenient. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 22 years? But I I also want to say,
1: because listen, the the intelligence community gets a lot of flack, but the intelligence community has played a crucial role in preventing attacks.
0: I agree. And I'm also biased.
1: Right. Since 9-11, there were, I'm going to tell you this, this is not a secret. It's not classified. (laughs) Yeah. But I just want to tell everybody what has gone on since 9-11. There were 30 planned terrorist attacks that were foiled by the United States alone.
0: Wow. Those are
1: lone wolf attacks. Those are not like on the scale of, of 9/11. 9-11 or Hamas. And that's, yeah. I view the intelligence community like an offensive line in American football. Of course you do. Right, because I'm a very much an American football fan. An offensive line works tirelessly behind the scenes to keep the quarterback safe. You don't really see it. But it goes unnoticed. You only look at the quarterback, what they're doing, throw it to the receiver, give it to the running back. It's only when something goes wrong that you start to criticize. Oh, that person lit up a sack, or that person allowed this person.
0: Okay, to... you need to calm down. We have an international yeah. audience here, and they're not going to know what you're talking about.
1: Or like, yeah, and, and sorry, because you I don't. You
0: don't. It's okay. You don't have to come up with another analogy. Just, I, I
1: just want everyone to recognize that the intelligence communities made str- They've made significant strides in thwarting terrorist attacks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and i think i'm very grateful for that me too and and for the hard work and dedication that that went out to that
0: i'm just mad about that one time tsa screwed up my suit well let's but... not
1: even get into tsa
0: i think i think we've <laughs> talked about it yes <laughs> anyways okay but you did you kind of circumvented my question <laughs> So what is the likelihood that we will see another large scale terror attack in the US, Canada, Europe, New Zealand, Australia, you know, where like yeah. where do you think this could happen? So
1: like I said, that is the toughest to answer. So since you brought up the various pro Western countries, love all of those countries.
0: Yeah. We Uh-oh. love all countries. Let's be honest. Yeah. We don't I love just them. say we don't just love Western countries, you little
1: I will say mm-hmm. I mean, and we do that. We have some sort of concept about a country and then we travel to that country and it completely changes. And I, it's like, like, oh, I love that country.
0: Well, like we've said a million times before, we love Russia.
1: Yeah. I did not want to go to Russia when we went no, to Russia in twenty sixteen.
0: But that was his conditioning.
1: And so but, your conditioning? Oh my goodness. I loved I love the culture. I loved everything it was well, one you know, topic again, but yeah, we're man, I loved it. so it's like I said, it's just, it's just the toughest question to answer. But okay. since you brought up all those pro Western countries, yeah. let's start with, if there were an attack to take place, okay, I'm the answer is twofold. The attacks most likely going to target a large metropolitan area like New York. Yes. D.C., I knew it. Toronto, London. I mean, you kind of get the the gist. The large. I mean, why? I mean,
0: it makes sense they would attack the seat of the government of the country that they most want to destroy. That makes sense. But also
1: all the large countries.
0: So, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, all the large countries like Toronto and London. So,
1: I'm sorry, large cities. Sorry.
0: Cities, yeah. Woo. Sorry. Yeah. So, why do you believe it will target a major metropolitan area. Like give us the actual reason behind that. Well, well I mean, obvi- his- Obviously like most people are like, that's common sense. Why wouldn't you attack a large city if you're trying to, Im- you know, make the most damage? Yeah. Where would you go? And,
1: and historically is what I'm talking about. Okay. It's historically, that's typically the target. Um, for coordinated attacks because you get more bang for your buck.
0: That's such a gross.
1: I know it's that's lack gross. I'm sorry, lack of a better cliche.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so gross.
1: Because it is bang for the buck. So stop and, and what I'm about to say is hypothetical. Okay. I want to make clear it's hypothetical. Because there's no plans that I have seen for an attack. For an attack right now. But I, I kinda like when I do this, I put my mind within a terrorist organization. What would I do to cause the most amount of terror? You're are you gonna hit Times Square during New Year's Eve?
0: Maybe. Or are you gonna hit
1: Mamu, <laughs> a place most people listening have I'm gonna say never heard of?
0: I grew up I was in Louisiana for a really long time and i even like my first venture into louisiana was to this town in lafayette which is close to mamu and i still yeah. never heard of that town until i started dating you
1: right which
0: never heard of it
1: for our audience that's where i was born and raised mamu louisiana
0: and it's 1, 1, no
1: 1300 people live there
0: it's, it's a I mean, I wouldn't want to live there, but it's a wonderful little town with so much culture. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just I I'm didn't want to. No, talk I'm not crapping crap on it. Mamu. Okay. Um,
1: I'm just saying, if you're a terrorist organization, you're
0: not going to hit Mamu. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you choose New York, right? Right. Especially during New Year's Eve in Times Square. If I was
0: un. If I was unhinged and yeah. That's wanted because to.
1: Over yeah. a million people travel to Times Square for New Year's Eve. And even though there's increased security, a million people puts a strain on police and local government officials. And that makes it easy for individual terrorists to hide in plain sight. That's what you want to do, hide in plain sight. I can Mm -hmm. tell you, I (laughs) was born and raised, I can tell you from experience, if you look a little bit different and you go to Mamu, they're Mm -hmm. not going to hate you. I'm not saying that. They're going to notice that you are different.
0: Whenever I showed up, when we started dating, and everywhere we went, everybody knew you. Yeah. Everybody knew who you were, and they're like, who's that? <laughs> everywhere. They were welcoming. They weren't nasty or anything, but they were like, I've never seen this person before. Why are you here?
1: <laughs> and you got noticed.
0: Uh, and it wasn't my best moment, but okay. So anyways, I... I totally get that it makes all the sense in the world so what exactly is preventing a terror group from carrying out the attack and if they do can you finally answer my question about your analysis on the likelihood of this happening
1: yeah and and i'm not trying to skirt around the question hold
0: on i just want to apologize for my vocal fry fry. i have a lot of drainage
1: sorry (laughs) We'll try to fix I that to, in post.
0: I, just, I, I don't care if you fix it or not. It doesn't matter. It just happens. But my voice is like not cooperating.
1: But And I'm not trying to skirt around the question either. Okay. Um, because I, I don't want to be... I, I'm not trying to skirt around it because I think I'm going to be wrong or I think I'm going to scare people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to scare people. I'm just trying to get everybody aware of it. I'm deliberately not answering right now because I think... It's better to ease into the answer after evaluating the, the entire situation. So to, to answer your question on what may prevent a large-scale attack, um, all that takes resources. All, to, to do that kind of a planning for an attack takes resources. The Hamas attack on Israel took two years to plan out
0: and the you know the 2011 terrorist attack even though we freaking trained them in texas yeah in texas let's not even get into that okay (laughs) okay but that took several years too for them to plan that out That
1: it took a ton of years not a ton sorry yeah i'm just saying things now that's hyperbole yeah um but it takes it takes resources it takes willing participants
0: it takes time. It takes conditioning. Yep. It takes, takes ex- training. Ex-
1: extensive planning.
0: Indoctrination.
1: And if you are missing any one of those key aspects, it's going to be tough to carry out the attack. That's the right. problem. But will we see a large-scale terror attack on the West? The global West? hmm A lot of factors go into that. Right now, I'm at possible. Okay. So that's under 50%. And that's because... The world's so much on high alert now that it's going to be very difficult to coordinate another attack and then successfully we're... carry out that attack when yeah. so many eyes are on the problem. So
0: when we're all hyper vigilant,
1: <laughs> yes. So so unless more information comes out about an in, intimate threat, and I understand the U.S. government warned about a potential attack, but that's a direct result of what happened in Israel. It, it's right. not based in new reporting. Like a
0: possible, like it's not like they think there's a possible attack that could occur, they're just trying to plan for the possibility.
1: It's react, it's react, it's a reaction, right? So that's where I stand. Uh, Yes, be heightened, heightenedly aware of it. But in the next two years, I could be wrong about this. I don't see a large scale terrorist attack happening in places like the U.S., Canada. Um, New Zealand, Australia, a, a lot of the places that our listeners are listening from.
0: Okay. So thank you, Kirvin. Is Can that talk about the
1: influencer know,
0: conference? What well, you didn't even <laughs> let me. I was like, you could have waited for me to finish the question, then you could have been like, "Well, let's talk about the influencers conference."
1: Now <laughs> everybody gets a, a good look at okay, our what, conversations.
0: What, 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 <laughs> <he> obviously, <laughs> super pumped about it because he wanted to talk about it right at the beginning, oh, yeah. and that's not what you guys are here for, and that's why I told him to shut up until now. <laughs> talk yep. about it, babe. It We're up. gonna be
1: there. Uh I think we may be the in, the most influential voice there, but also what? Andrew Yang is going to be there. I don't know if you've heard of him. Uh Yeah. But if you're listening to this and you're going to the Military Influencers Conference, um come talk to us. We're going to be there. We're going to It's the first time Tiana's been back to Vegas since 2008?
0: 9. No, what are you talking about? We went to Vegas with Liz.
1: Oh, never mind. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Why did I forget you about that? Silly
0: goose. I don't know. We went to, like, it was not 2008. 2020. Lo-
1: yeah, 2020.
0: Was it 2020? Yeah. yeah everything was, was shut like, down. Was it 2020 or 2020? No, it had now to be 2020. 2020.
1: <gasps> Summer had of 2020. Travel, you, had,
0: you had to travel for work because that's when you were doing like travel security.
1: Yep. Yep. So that's Consulting why we went. For travel so, they're
0: like, "You guys went to Vegas in 2020. What is wrong with you? We had to go for work at that point in time."
1: And it was a blast. It but was. This they this should be a lot of fun. And if you are still thinking, oh, I don't know if I want to go. Listen, Andrew Yang's going to be there. Right. I- I'm very excited about that. If you are a veteran that listens to this, it's a very important conference. There is a lot of support. If you are a military spouse, it's a very important. There is a lot of military spouse information that's going to be put out. So,
0: also recommend it. um, Curvin is also running a panel at this. That's we're not just going to go like he's running a panel, and we have new stickers. So we'll give you guys some stickers if you want some stickers. They're beautiful. We have been holding off on, like, making any merch for ourselves because it feels weird.
1: <laughs> it does. I, I don't know. If you guys it, would love to wear a shirt that has the podcast on it, I don't email know why me. I'm not making it until I that. get enough conversations with people that they would actually wear it.
0: Uh, that that's it's so still weird, right? does not sit right. with. That's weird.
1: Listen, yeah, it took us a year to put our faces on. Yeah, the Yeah, it did. It
0: took us a year to put our faces, and then we have not updated our pictures since then because we don't want to put our faces. Not Correct. because we're ashamed of it. We just are private people for the most part, and it just, I don't know, it just feels weird people associating us with, I don't know, anything. Correct. It, i don't know i don't know it, I, i'm starting to get like the ick right now is that what that's what the kids say right the ick
1: The we can close it out we can close it out now i just wanted to there. tell everybody if you are like if you wanted to go to vegas and you're like i don't know there's nothing going on there the military influencers conference if you are a veteran and there's even canadians it's canadian military that's coming out there so
0: oh, is this a specific shout out to Ali and caleb
1: <laughs> it, yeah i mean that too but there are different countries militaries that are coming out so it's a global that's, military that's influencers real, conference
0: that's actually really interesting i yeah. didn't know that aspect of it i thought it was specifically american so that's, and
1: you know that's me cool. i i am a proponent of face-to-face communication uh,
0: and i'm like let my husband do the face-to-face <laughs> communication <laughs>
1: So I'm just kidding.
0: I'll talk to you. I I can be nice sometimes.
1: And these conferences are very important because things get put out that you may not hear through the podcast or newsletters and stuff. We will have conversations with people and and agree to kind of things that we're doing in the future. You can be a part of that. So I I just think it's very important.
0: So anyways, if you're going, just slip a little message to us and we can meet up because we're going to be there the entire time i don't think i've ever been in no i've been in vegas that long but i was 12 so that doesn't count i had a lot of fun in vegas at 12 years old but that's another story not that not that i obviously didn't gamble or anything but it it was a lot of fun for my 12 year old self my sisters and i had a lot of fun um is there anything else that you know that's it for me unless you had
1: anything you wanted to add
0: no well we want to thank you so much for listening to our humble little geopolitical podcast and we hope that you found it both informative and engaging if you have any feedback or suggestions for future episodes please let us know and if you would like in-depth coverage of these stories and more follow us on instagram at oakland analytics
1: tiana thank you so much and until next week stay safe out there